My name is Will Fitzgerald and this is the Galway Film Podcast and today I'm joined by director Dahi Keen uh, whose new film Finky is premiering at this year's Galway Film Club. Dahi, how are you doing? I'm good Will, thanks for having me in. Thanks for talking to us. Um, so very excited here for Finky. Um, it's pretty much unlike anything else I've seen <laughs> that we're showing at the FLA this year. Um, maybe tell us a bit about uh, developing the story and the script. Uh, it was it was with uh, Jimmer DeFrito, wasn't it? Yeah, so I would have originally conceived of this as a film. I heard, you know, TG Cahar and Screen Ireland and BAI came together and they started this uh, scheme, Cine 4. So whilst I was doing a previous project, I, I worked with um, Dara Devani. And myself and Dara decided, you know what, we need to make a film because Dara is an amazing actor. So I tried to come up with an idea which would really try and harness his strengths and his talents as a performer. And it was really written towards him. So when I went in uh, for the Cine 4, this, when the scheme was created, I, I pitched this concept and wrote up a treatment around this character, Finky, and took a few inspirations from an old, uh, there's an, 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 a story that Porrick O'Connor had written, uh, one of his only novels, Joriacht. And because uh, Jeremy de Fuiche is very associated with O'Connor, and at that point I kind of had some ideas that maybe we'd be adapting Joriacht, I approached Jeremy with, with the concept. He was very interested in it, and Jeremy's a, a great talent himself. And then when we got into the actual writing process, it went really far away from the jury of <laughs> conception. So yeah, it, the same thing had happened before when I initially, a project I worked on, Klondike, had its roots in a, an old Irish text that uh, Mickey McGowan had written. But again, it went a million miles away from what he had originally written. So the same thing occurred this time with the O'Connor story as a very kind of loose uh, inspiration. Myself and Jermud came together, worked with each other across you know, an extended period, really. We were quite worked worked on this a lot, the script, to get the script right. And he was a very good collaborator because Jim is, is he's a real artist. He he's, he's very passionate and he's very strict in terms of his art. You know, he, he really pushed me as an artist, as a writer, as a person, but in a really positive way. And I think it was a really good collaboration to work with him on this. Um, can you maybe tell us a bit about uh, the, the concept that you talked about pitching and where you guys uh, diverged away from it? I know people won't have seen the film yet, um, but without giving the, the game away, because the film has sort of uh, this sort of multiple there's levels there's uh there's even sort of multiple realities you could argue uh happening um and where where did you guys uh diverge from the concept as pitched well i suppose the original pitch was a much more linear story and i think where where we went with the with the with the film when we got into the the writing of it that layered process did emerge from the writing process you know originally it was a a little bit more maybe i won't say your typical irish kind of film where it was a lot more uh, to do with his backstory and and uh, you know various problems he had at home, whereas we ended up going on this more kind of magical journey with the character and really delving into that and bringing a kind of a slightly more anarchic spirit into the whole story and and trying to go deep on 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 the maybe the psychological side of his journey and him as a character and really focus our our, our new story that we created around him and and what we wanted to tell with him and and a whole story i mean a whole layer came in at, in terms of you know why he was on this this journey in the first place uh, this notion of guilt and shame that he's carrying and how the film eventually it became a piece about uh looking for redemption and forgiveness and how i think what we wanted to achieve with it is is that this character even though he's burdened and in some ways paralyzed by by this guilt he does manage to he has to deal with it and the film is about his 
his challenge and his growing realization that he, he won't be able to move on unless he deals with this this burden that he's carrying yeah and you, and you talked about developing it as a you know a treatment for um around the character and that because he wanted to work with dara um so how, how did uh, dara feed into that was it um like i'm assuming there was a lot of collaboration between uh you both there was i mean dara was on from day one he was i mean i think we had a good working relationship on klondike and he was very keen, you know, just to get involved. So when I pitched him the original concept, he he loved it. Uh, and then we kind of went away and, you know, he kind of was doing other other gigs. And I went away and worked on the script with Germans. And I came back and I kind of repitched it. And I think he was even happier the way it had turned out, you know, because I think it was a lot more to get his teeth into in terms of before it was quite plotty. And, you know, there was a lot of things happening. Whereas now he kind of got what the story was about because it was now there was a proper story there about a character. So, yeah, yeah I think he was he was intrigued. And I have to hand it to him, you know, he, he showed up for this. It was a tough shoot for him, um, demanding physically, emotionally, and uh, he really came through. So, yeah, I think yeah, it's... He was amazing and it's it's really all there on the screen, you know. He, totally. He and gave it all. Yeah, and I think he's... he's he, we have so much talent in this country. And again, it's like, Dara's an actor, I think, should be out there. He You know, he could be at any level the way he can just... He, he, he's, a, he's a consummate natural actor you know he's, yeah. he's able to achieve certain levels of intensity or, or emotion on screen that a lot of actors work really hard to try and get but just you know there's a difference i think between having a certain innate talent and somebody who's kind of trying to fake it a little bit and yeah. Dara, i think and he's very hard in that sense as well i think when he feels it's not an honest like even there were times when we we're under pressure with takes and he'd be like, like we'd have a little confab after and he was like you know i just i didn't hit it and i could see you know, it was, even though we were, you know, really under pressure, we felt okay. We just need to go again, and yeah. and he's able to feel that himself. I think he knows when he's when he when he's really getting it, and you know, a lot of that comes from working together for a couple of years now that we've done a few projects together, and that level of trust you can build up with an actor is really that's kind of what it's all about. Really, yeah. it's special. That's yeah. great. Yeah. Um, maybe walk us back to um, getting to this point. Um, you'd started out as an editor, am I right in saying that? Yeah, yeah I uh, was an editor for about 10 years. So, but always trying to, you know, get towards maybe doing my own stuff at some point. But I felt when I, when I came out of university, um, I had done, I had done an arts degree. So even though I really wanted to get into film, um, I, I, I approached it kind of laterally and felt that maybe editing was a really good way to get a foot in the door because, it was also a way that I could, you know, pay the bills because yeah. uh, you can you can actually uh, there's people are always looking for good editors, you know, and I had some strokes of good luck where I got trained by really good, good uh, editors. I mean, I kind of came just at the tail end of that system whereby there was still a good kind of craft to editing, whereby a good editor would maybe look for an assistant or an apprentice. And it was almost like a trade. You did your yeah. couple of years, you know, doing apprenticing and then we worked your way to assistant and eventually hopefully became an editor, you know. Yeah. And I think sometimes a lot of people starting out that these days don't get that opportunity. And it was really a benefit to me to sit at the shoulder of, of some top editors and watch them work and learn from them, you know. Yeah. Um, and that was all here in the west of Ireland? Mixture between the west and Dublin, okay. you know. I think one of the big breaks I got was that I got a, a gig working on Ashling, one of Ashling Walsh's films called The Sinner and the editor of that was a man called Scott Thomas who had worked with um, some great you know UK directors and had cut some some you know big films and I worked with him then for about six months and he was actually getting to the stage of his career where he was kind of working his way out of editing to go he was just starting up a 
a position at the uh, National Film School in the UK. So we, I think he used me kind of like a guinea pig of some of his uh, <laughs> teaching methods. So yeah. it was quite a good uh, place to find myself. And we cut that. We were out in Clifton shooting and then ended up in screen scene for about three months. So it was really... Learned so much there. And after that, I kind of just went out on my own and luckily managed to get work back here in the West with Abu Media. And I worked with them for a long time. Worked there for about 12, 14 years, maybe. Right. For the first 10 years, eight years, just as an editor. And then working my way towards starting writing and directing documentary initially, drama docs. And always had an eye towards getting towards drama. And then eventually managed to get a, a drama series off the ground when we made Klondike. Yeah, great. So it's, it was. Uh, so making the transition for you was a it was a slow build uh, in terms of working with kind of a lot of the same people for that kind of ten to twelve year period and convincing them that you know to, to take a take a chance on a script of your own. Yeah, and also I think it's commissioning editors because you you can you can build up a good relationship in the edit room with commissioning because they come in they're in there signing off on cuts you know so you get to know them and they get to trust you as well because I think at the level we were working at sometimes you know the editor ends up doing a lot of that back-end work. Maybe the director might be a director of hire, hire who comes in just for the shoot and maybe signs off on a lot of cuts. But a lot of time you're working with the producer um, and commissioning editors on, on, you know, on, on, on final cuts and things. Um, and the director might come in then for a few days towards the end and find cut stuff. So that rapport that was built up then with, with various broadcasters was really beneficial. And so when it came to the time when I did want to pitch them my own stuff, I had a established relationship there yeah. and was able to build on that that's cool and so and so that all to to klondike um um or dominion creek should we call it <laughs> yeah it's, it has its extended life now as dominion creek in terms of its english language uh, but you're one version. of the so you're one of the few uh um you know uh irish directors with the, your own series on netflix which is uh yeah pretty cool that's great yeah there's not, not many of them up there so we have a it got, went to netflix and they took the two seasons and then because of our relationship with Netflix, they ended up taking a series, a drama doc series I had made originally for T.G. Cahar about the Irish mob. And we reversioned that for Netflix. So that's up there now as well. Um, we put together 18. We did 18 half hours and it's up as six full hours on, on Netflix as a series. That's amazing. Yeah. And so uh, going forward, you're thinking, um, is it to aim to try and do everything like uh, serialized drama or is Finky kind of the you know feature drama, the kind of direction you're looking to go in? As a working director, I suppose uh, I'm in my head. I'm thinking I'm still going to have a foot in both camps, yeah. you know, because um, I had I had been developing a few projects before Finky, and they're still in development. And some of those are TV, some of them are feature, you know. So they're scripts that I'm working on myself, some in collaboration with other writers, some of my own. Um, so I'm continuing on with all those different projects, and I think the way that the, I suppose the landscape. Of, of of filmmaking and tv work there seems to be a lot more crossover these days anyway so yeah. i wouldn't see much of a problem with myself wanting to you know continue both um because i enjoy working in i mean this was my first feature so i think i learned a lot from it yeah and it was very uh instructive to me as regards you know i'd know a lot more if i went to make another feature and yeah. I, I think in some ways they're completely different like having done tv in the past and now having done a feature I kind of thought maybe they'd be kind of a similar, you know, ball game, but it's not. They're really, really different. And I think yeah. it's different skill sets in yeah. terms of when you're directing, that's fine. But more so in terms of the post and in terms of how the film is created in the edit, you know, sure. uh, we spent a lot of time honing this Dermot Diskin cut it and did a great job. But I think there was a lot more reflection. And even, you know, when you shoot TV, you generally shoot the script and you cut this, cut it. Mm -hmm. per, as per script there's very little uh, deviation there whereas film there's a lot more scope for exploration and 
almost reconstruction in the edit. And, and that was the case here as well. A lot of things emerged in the edit in terms of certain strands fell away from the film um, yeah. and other strands that we felt really needed to be reinforced. We went back out and you know, did some pickups to, to make sure that those points were really present and, and, and made apparent for, for, for the viewer. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, maybe talk us a little bit about uh, any lessons learned from... Because I remember um, when On Contact came out, you did a feature cut of that as well that we showed here at the FLA. Um, was that instructive in any way in terms of, you know, constructing um, a narrative or a feature? Um, yeah, I mean, Klondike was never intended as a feature. So uh, when 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 T.G. Carter approached us with the concept of making the four episodes into a feature, we were a little bit wary of it because, you know, it was written as four individual episodes. But at the same time, the very initial jumping off point did have a kind of a through line of, of the story of these three brothers who go on this journey and, you know, and the template was very much the hero's journey. You know, mm. it was like you could almost block it out corresponding to that. And it was written with that kind of uh, through line. So it was possible to put it together. And we went and we reshot an ending because, you know, obviously the series was open ended. So we went and reshot a new ending that kind of tied it up a bit better. Um, whether I learned anything from that process, I think it was a very useful way to... Uh, to get publicity for for the project you know and i think mm. it was a very good jumping off point for for uh for the series as well um but again it was all done post fact because we had yeah. we'd shot the whole series and we had you know edited the four episodes and it was only then at the end of that process that we were then presented with this idea of maybe making a feature out of it so it was it was an intriguing it was almost like a good experiment and i was delighted that it worked out so well um, because you know there were certain scenes if a character had like turned his head slightly differently or you know we didn't have a shot right those scenes wouldn't have worked because you know, it was like a lot of scenes ended up being refashioned and reversioned in in ways that were not intended from the original story yeah. to make them work for the feature you know yeah. um and it was interesting and some stuff that was really good that worked really well in the series we had to just leave at the wayside because you know you had to focus on your true line of the story of right. the brothers so yeah. um but yeah i think it was it was it was great to, great to do it and i think a, a very beneficial to me but i'm really i would always look on say finky as being the first proper feature i've made because it was written as a feature sure, yeah. and shot as a feature whereas i think klondike to me was more like a series that we ended up putting together as a, as a, as a feature, feature yeah. uh, presentation like there was a couple of different um uh, series I remember that were kind of experimenting with it at the time like on hindsight is it something you know you think is, is there value to to doing it going forward or I don't know um it, it ha we haven't seen as many of them in, since you know uh, yeah it was something you know. TGK had done but a few things they did it with on Bruntness as well yeah so I think it worked for them in terms of getting getting a good uplift you know and and attracting interest um I mean you can look at other like uh Bergman had had done something similar with 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 uh, the six hour cut mm. of so Fanny and Alexander that was done for TV and then he put like the, the, the three hour film cut together. So, you know, it's like it's not unique to to what they I think they looked at a few other models and said, OK, let's see if we can yeah. we can make it work Um whether or not. It was something I think it would be better if it was something that was designed from the beginning, maybe, yeah. you know, that you could see yeah. you're going to be maybe but like serving two masters. Then again, it's 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 a tricky process. So, mm -hmm. 
It's got a lead from the script, I suppose. Really. Yeah, it's like, you know, you know, you know the jury's out a little bit on that yeah. one. Yeah. yeah, no, that's fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah I was just curious. Um, so future projects, what's coming after? I mean, I know you're still here. You're waiting to premiere Finky, but like, you know, just looking ahead. Um, I have a couple of things in the pipeline, but again, these are things Finky was all consuming for the last, uh, well, the best part of the last year, I suppose. So I'm developing like a TV series that I need to get back in now and... We've got funding from the film board to work on that. And I have a feature script that I'm developing at the same time that I'm actually, as soon as I finish now this this round of, of work with Finky, I'm going straight back into that and doing a third draft on it. So both those are very much, I think, my priority and a couple of other things that are kind of bubbling under that I need to get back to as well. So sure. yeah, there's a couple of things. It's like, I think in this business, you need to have a few plates spinning uh, because you never know which one is going to be the one that's going to take off. Yeah, But it's... Uh, I suppose in one way it's good that I'm able to self-generate some of that material in terms of writing and I, I, I always intend, like the stuff I'm writing is always written towards what I want to direct myself. Uh, I haven't done a huge amount of work as a director for hire. I did some last year and that was in, that was interesting in itself and a, a different challenge but um, uh, yeah, I'd be open to doing something similar like that again because other opportunities have emerged that might be interesting to pursue. Yeah, on that, do you find it har- uh, like hard to get time to write when you're juggling multiple projects you know when you're kind of wearing your producer's hat and then also trying to you know uh, be creative yeah I find you really have to just put time aside and just say this is what I'm doing now for this block of two months you know and just focus on on, on primarily one project you might be able to just, you know do some housekeeping with other projects that are maybe are spinning in the background and do your emails in the morning or set out defined times now I always say this but I end up like faffing around for half the day and working from like <laughs> eight at night till like three in the morning that seems to be when I kind of get like even though I always say okay I'm gonna be really regimented sit down at nine o'clock don't start writing till 8 p.m you know and it's like uh, just life gets in the way otherwise so I end up writing a lot at night and uh, going through these phases of becoming a hermit and becoming very antisocial and just trying to get the thing done like deadlines are really good that's what I always say it's like I don't need time I need a deadline yeah and that focuses the mind and helps me to actually write the damn thing that's why sometimes it's good to have a collaborator as well because like even having worked with Jermyn, you know, you had to have it done because he was doing his part. So you had to make sure you were doing your work and yeah. uh, it, it really spurred me on. So uh, I would recommend it in that sense. Yeah. And presumably it's also like you, and you guys are collaborating. So everything's happening through the Irish language. Um, I think he's the only Irish language feature in terms of a, a feature drama that we have in the FLA this year. Um, this seems like sort of a, like an asinine question, but like, yeah, I guess what's what are the benefits? Uh, I mean, I think look at the directors who are excelling in the English language these days. I would look towards people like Lantimos, like look at his early films, uh, Denis Villeneuve, look at Maelstrom, you know, like these are films that are made in minority languages. Villeneuve even began, like it was French films uh, in terms of uh, Quebecois. So, you know, and, and this was no obstacle to their films getting out there and, and finding an audience and helping them get onto, I mean, obviously people end up generally going towards English language filmmaking eventually. Mm. But at the same time, I think there's still a place for those films that come from non-English language speaking worlds. You know, I mean, I was over, I'm, I'm attending IAVE this year and that's filmmakers from all over Europe coming together and showing and talking and producing and co-producing. And all these filmmakers are making films from Eastern Europe in Estonia and Poland and Italian films. And they're wonderful, you know, yeah. and we don't see them all over here, but they're finding audiences. You know, yeah. I think, I think if you make a story 
that has a sense of, you know, just like any good story, a humanity to it or something that we can all connect with and an emotion. I mean, we're storytellers and a storyteller wants to connect with an audience. Yeah. And if the story works, they're going to find an audience. Yeah. But not even, I, I mean, I'm sure it definitely shouldn't be an impediment to a film getting out there, but even just um, like, cause I presume you've worked on uh, all kinds of sets. So is there, is there like a different kind of a vibe when there's like, it's an all Irish language set or? No, because like a lot of my core crew and I, again, it's like working, you end up, you, you, you know, we took a lot of people from Klondike onto Finky. So like Cahill Waters or DOP, he's an amazing DOP but he's also a very strong passionate believer in the Irish language you know mm. so we're able to converse freely Asquilga on the set together and Dara obviously you know was born and bred in Connemara so he's he's a natural Gaelgore but then again some of the actors and crew aren't fluent in Irish so it's a bilingual set mm. and you're often switching between languages you know in the same sentence depending on who you're talking to and yeah. it hasn't really been an impediment in terms of uh, the working relationships and environment I think it's quite it's quite novel and enjoyable, you know, and it's something yeah. that we really, I, I know we make a big effort when we're on set to, to really, to speak Irish because, you know, that's what it, that we're making an Irish film and it kind of gets your head into that zone as well, you know, and it helps the actors. So, uh, but depending on the situation, some of the, not all the crew obviously are, are fluent in Gaelic, so, you know, you, you can switch back and forth. Yeah, but it probably encourages them then also to throw yeah. in a group of fuckle when the... And it's happened, you know, yeah. people like, we had Boom Up who came out and she was like, I'm going doing Irish language classes straight away. So she, <laughs> she got the grow for the Gaelga afterwards. Yeah. Cool. Well, yeah, more of that hopefully when people see, see Finky on the big screen. Great. Um, yeah, congratulations again on a, on a great film and thanks for chatting to us. Thanks, Will, and thank you so much for having our film in the FLA. I think it's a great place to premiere it because, you know, uh, a lot of us are, are from the West. I think it's a film that came out of the West and I think there's nowhere better we could show this than in Galway. So thank you and congrats on having a great program again this year. Oh, thanks for seeing it. Cheers. Cheers.